2: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The life
3: of comic fandom can be lonely, but just.
4: All righty, here we are on Comic Strip. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And tonight, we are actually looking at a new movie and comparing it with its uh, decades-old source material. We are going to review M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's Old, which is based on the graphic novel, the French-language Swiss graphic novel, Sandcastle. Written by, all right, this is the part where Robert's going to laugh at me.
5: Yes. Pierre
4: Pierre Oscar Levy and Frederick Peters. I think I nailed that.
6: I don't. I wouldn't say nailed, but you didn't embarrass yourself.
4: (laughs) I didn't throw the hammer and hit a child.
6: I don't
7: think there's any way you could have misinterpreted how to pronounce those
4: names. Watch me. And that voice and that voice you hear doubting me is of course Alexis Haina from Honeysuckle Rose Creations. How do you do, madam?
7: Glad to be here.
4: That voice you hear uh ridiculing me, as always, is Robert Winfrey. How do you do, sir?
6: I am full of bacon and happy to be here.
4: Put it on a t-shirt, Mindy. And speaking of putting on a t-shirt, Mindy, here he is. From uh, the the resurrected from the cheap seats, the second and short, the first and always, the the, I love you, whatever you're doing these days, I don't even know anymore. Jason Teasley, how do you do, sir?
8: I'm doing good, doing good. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that doesn't know what I'm doing these days.
4: (laughs) I'm just glad you're not dead.
8: We still have a few podcasts to do together, (laughs) so (laughs) don't get your hopes up. (laughs)
4: <laughs> the, night, the night is young. He has he has an entire trivia that, that he has to host that he could die on very shortly, as a matter of fact.
8: Yeah, and a couple, well, uh, two weeks after I get back from vacation.
4: Sorry. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's get into Sandcastle. I think we are all having just read this for the first time in preparation for this podcast. So we don't need to get into a whole like, well, how did you come to it? Um, I think uh, when I was researching the movie and deciding we were going to talk about it on the network and I saw that it was based on this, I said, hey everyone grab a copy of this book and read it. So um, Sandcastle, I'll go ahead and share my screen here. Shant, uh, Sandcastle is a book uh, about a family uh, and some other folks who find a beach and uh, while they are on this beach they start to slowly but surely realize they are aging. Uh, rapidly. Should um, we have to
7: put sensor bars over this? I don't know. That's
6: art. I don't think so.
7: Yeah, but The they're, YouTube they're... algorithm is a bitch, okay? I just want to make sure uh, we don't very, get in trouble.
6: That's very true, but there's plenty of people who have, like, watch a lot, uh, properly cut up watch-alongs with Conan that missed certain scenes and have no problems with it, to the best of my knowledge, so...
4: We should be who fine it wouldn't be the first time I got blocked on YouTube anyway, Hopefully the last either, <laughs> I'm trying not to kid. Um, anyway, so it's a black and white book. And as I was saying, the, the story takes us, um, to this private beach with this family and some other folks, uh, as we get into the story, and I'm just going to kind of briefly take you through through the whole thing and we can go back and talk about it. Uh, we have this Algerian, uh, Algerian fellow who sees a, uh, another young lady. And she's going to go swimming and then shortly thereafter she's going to die in and then shortly after that is when the family shows up and as I said, the first thing they start to notice is that the, ch- uh, the child in the family is growing rapidly and then another family shows up and that child is growing rapidly too. There's a lot of discussion throughout the book and Robert kind of jump in here if you want uh, to give some more details your memory for details better than mine. Um, First, it's it's sort of an open mystery. Like, what why are the children growing as fast as they are? What, what could this be? Is it collective psychosis? Is it this? Is it that? Um, the other thing that's happening here is is a racial element. We have they find the dead girl, they see the Algerian fellow, and immediately we have a doctor on the older side who's like, Clearly, he murdered her. Um, and they're like, Well, maybe he didn't. And he's like, I really didn't, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of, like I said, racial issues revolving around that. Well, um, not directly, but definitely well, pointed at well, from 10 yards.
6: They're pointed at. But by the same token, if you stumble across one guy on a beach and there's a dead body there.
4: Yeah. It's, and not, a, they it's haven't not the, called world. the
6: police. Or, like, <laughs> you made it real easy to look suspicious. That's all.
4: yeah. Um, I know in the movie they try to get off the island and they're blacking out and they end up back on the beach again we get, Robert, we get what, that in the book okay that's yeah. a similar thing it's in the book
6: of. we get a slightly <laughs> different take in the book uh they're almost like beamed back to a certain like starting point
4: okay like in a video game like they yeah, regenerate. There's some very,
6: yeah there's some very helpful uh, look the walls are uh, the uh What? what it? the kill planes in this game are much better than those in like donkey kong 64 they're actually work <laughs> that's a joke yeah, no I, one will get but like if you did get that uh, you're welcome
7: yeah I kind of assumed it was just sort of like those horror stories where you think, when you think you've crossed the bridge to get out of town you suddenly find you're you know going back onto it it's like literally
6: yeah.
7: it's not letting you leave
6: yeah there is some um, force that prevents them from leaving
4: so we have a couple of things going on like I said we have the bit with the children we have the bit with the Algerian and the, and the dead woman and then what's going to happen next is uh, as you can see in the video, if you're watching, um, for those of you just listening, uh, first thing they notice is, um, the, who, who buys it first? Grandma or the dog? Grandma. Grandma? Grandma?
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: Um, okay. Yeah, they kind of notice the dog's dead in passing, almost. They're talking about the smell, and it's like, no, that's coming from the dog's corpse, and they all just sort of look, and it's like, oh, yeah, the dog's dead.
4: All right. So, yeah. So here we have the first instance of the kid having grown a bit and the mom being like, what the hell? Um, we have an elder uh, teenager who's sort of palling up with the Algerian. They're making friends. Um, this Dead body in the water. Now, they've discovered that. Uh, next thing that happens shortly thereafter is stuff I've already explained before. Um for next thing that happens so, okay they, they, they try to call for help and they can't get a signal so this is the first instance you get in the book of the whatever is going on with this beach the the two problems are one whatever is causing them to age and two they are cut off from the rest of the world they are basically like trapped on an island and they can't reach anybody um so it's it's very much you know I'm gonna make a weird comparison here but bear with me it's kind of like the martian you know, it's just like, well, I'm in a place. I have no way to reach help. How am I going to figure out how to get out of here? It's a big part of what takes up the book.
7: I kind of like that how in the book, it, it, in the movie is simply they don't have a signal. In the book, they try calling, the first time they get out mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and get a signal, and they call, but then they ca- start calling again. It's like, this number is invalid. And they right. keep calling other numbers and they keep getting the same voice saying, this is an invalid number. And frankly, that's more terrifying, I think, because then you get the idea that it's not just your signal has been cut off. It's more someone is purposely keeping you from, you know, calling.
4: Right. This, so there, that, there's that an air of, of, malevol- of There's an air of malevolence here. Someone is doing this to us. Mm-hmm. Uh,
7: yeah. If the phones, if you couldn't get a signal, then it's just simply phones are being jammed or you're in a dead zone. When the numbers suddenly become invalid, there's you know there's something else at play
8: so especially after you get especially after you make a phone call and it does go through you speak to the person and then it's like an hour later or an hour and a half later you start getting those invalid numbers so the the panic and fear set in when you start realizing that something is afoot
4: um so we we have uh, more here. Grandma is now just just starting to get sick. We have another family that shows up. We have this really fun interaction here between the doctor and the writer, and he's like, "Don't you write mysteries?" He's like, nope, science fiction.
6: Who um, would write mysteries. They're trash. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, all right, yeah. And so Grandma, who was not in the best of health to begin with, uh, but she was doing okay earlier, now suddenly dies, and they can't they can't save her. Uh, so the mystery deepens now. Yeah, this is where they send the children away. Um, we start to hear a little bit more about what's going on with some of these people uh, in this next bit here. Um, the children are growing even more. You see, you see this panel here where, you know, the kids like it's me, it's Zoe and the mom is completely freaked out. This is now, this is the first instance of somebody trying to walk off, walk off the beach. Which does not work. Um,
7: I hate to say it. I think having this this comic in black and white, while stylish, it does lead to a problem that a lot of times I think it's hard to uh, keep track of which character is which, especially since the kids are growing and they keep changing and such. There's multiple times
4: characters with the children characters. Yes, I didn't have that problem with the adults.
7: Fair enough. There's a couple of times where I was there going, wait, who's talking? Wait, what's going on? I feel that having, I don't know, maybe the, in co- maybe in color. So at least we could have seen like maybe the difference in skin tone or mm-hmm. when they're still wearing some clothes, we could actually see the different colored clothes or something like that. I think that would have helped
4: a lot. Agreed. Uh, this is where we, now I think they might've alluded to it before, but you see it in this panel here, the Algerians having problem with, the, um, with his nose bleeding. This comes up repeatedly um get the more interactions between the doctor and the algerian and you know a little more pointing at racial issues there you see you're talking about the invalid number we see that in this panel um <laughs> and this is where the doctor starts to descend into madness he punches the algerian uh be, or at least the beginning of it punches the algerian right in the face like you do uh now the teenage daughter has uh grown up considerably and we have uh, we they show we have two dead bodies here. I think shortly after, yeah. This okay. This is the bit I was thinking about before, um, where the doc, where the the boy is now starting to go through puberty. And he's like, here, show everyone. and He just drops trowel, and they're like, no, 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 I didn't mean the whole thing. Jesus Christ! And um, it's like, hello,
6: prepubescent penis.
4: <laughs> hello, nurse or ner- <laughs> nurse nurse. I mean, to be uh, anyway. sure,
6: if you if you tell a five-year-old to take their pants off, they tend not to think about it that much. So if you've got a five-year-old brain in a 14-year-old body... <laughs>
4: not, to, not to mention, it doesn't take much to get a five-year-old to take the pants off. They'll, you know... That's why, why the pants party uh, sound on TikTok is so popular. Put your pants on. No! Um, anyway, so we have the... Mo- yeah, this um... is
6: totally getting demonetized. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> go no home.
4: Um all right. So
7: oh and then we get that scene where yeah, he pulls his pants down and you get what was formerly the little girl now turning into a teenager herself so she goes hey and she's actually got this big dumb smile on her face from seeing this boy's penis.
4: Yeah, that's that's very much a moment. Um for those characters. Okay. So yeah, so this is what I I, I wanted to talk about here. Um, so we have what were once very young children now in the middle of puberty, and we will talk about this a little bit more when we get to the movie because this is almost straight out. The movie pretty much.
0: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: One of the things that goes on in this book
6: with some really poor shot selection,
4: (laughs) we'll talk about it. I'm getting there. Let's Um, face
6: it, it,
7: he tries to adapt the scene, but i'm like Shyamalan does not know how to do romantic or sexual chemistry in any way, shape, or form. All
4: right, I'll, I'll just ask this now. Um, we don't have to keep. The most strictest of uh, structures here, but did anyone else get the sense that he no one was actually holding the camera? He just had it on a roller coaster rail and it just went whee- around the beach about yeah. time.
6: Well, <laughs> well, depending on the shot, yeah. yes. <laughs> God, for, some, for some reason, with most of the dialogue shots, he's either doing that stupid 360 pan, right? Or he's static. Literally over your back or your over the back and shoulder of someone, but they're it's not over the shoulder like you see a bit of them. It's mm-hmm. dead on centered behind them, and their body is obstructing at least a fifth of the total shot, and it's deeply annoying. It's one of honestly, the signature
4: shots. I was honestly expecting something to come up that says directed by Tilt a whirl. I it just it just never <laughs> stopped. <laughs> Um, they can make a ride out of this and you'd, you'd, you'd get sick. Anyway, um, what I wanted to talk about here is, and I, we can stop and I'll, I'll get some opinions on it. Move the shot here. Um, there's a, I think there, there's a question about, and, and the movie talks about this a little bit too. I just want everyone here to kind of key into it. Physically they're growing. They talk about this a little bit more in the movie, a little bit more in depth, but in, in, in the book, again, every, a lot of this stuff is sort of pointed to from about a hundred yards it's their, their bodies are obviously physically growing. That's that's obvious, but there's a discussion of how much of how much of their mind is growing in the space uh, allotted and how much of it is, you know, how much of it is. I'm still a five year old boy, but in a 15 year old's body, because at some points they're like, no, I, they talk about feelings, uh, you know, the feelings of puberty, which are emotional, at least in part you know, we all went through it, we all know what that's like, um, you know, hormones, uh, cha- ma- making your behavior change radically, uh, or as my father would say, you were great until you were 12 and then you became a complete asshole, and I never changed. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, um, I'll go to you, Alexis, and then we'll just kind of go straight up here, Robert, and then Jason, where, do, where did you land on the idea of how much of their growth was also mental and how much was just purely physical? If you catch my
7: i i have no idea but okay. i've also seen blue lagoon so who knows
6: <laughs> Fair. robert the problem is that while the brain does develop a bit during pure uh, you know, as you go through adolescence there's certainly changes there really what opens up the wider world of uh, your brain during that period of time is experiential it's time you spend learning it's your interactions with people It's choices you make about media you consume what you choose and what you choose to read watch who you associate with this all informs all of this while your brain can my brain is more developed than a two-year-old's brain but if you if you swapped our uh, if you like swapped consciousness you know, but everything else was the same if you radically accelerate that growth he doesn't get my vocabulary he doesn't get mm-hmm. my experience he doesn't get my analytical abilities he still might try to stick his hand on a stove.
5: Right.
0: Okay.
6: The fact that the capacity is increased is different from having the, from having the experiences and the time put in to actually gain all of those. The movie gets around this by having the eight-year-old kid speak like a 50-year-old man, because screw you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's a thought, and I'll I'll, I'll let you weigh in on this, Jason, um, with with this on some of your own thoughts. I, without getting into the Kinsey studies and all of that, boy, do we not have the time, nor do, nor do <laughs> I have the desire. They're out there. Fucking just read them if you want or Google it. It's worth a Google.
6: You know, but sure, Mark, in- the way we're growing, I'm sure in a few more months, we'll have a sponsor that can help you with your lack of desire about Kinsey-related issues.
4: <laughs> Terrific. Um, but that, that's the, the next step, right? Well, there's
6: Roman or whatever it is or whatever the one happens to be, that tends to be the next uh, podcast sponsor as you keep going up the scale.
4: I figured still, it was blue Chew. It's still hoping for manscaped. Um, children are sexual beings without, again, without getting into the stuff Kinsey was trying to get at. Um, they are in fact, sexual beings. And so what's what ends up being alluded to is the, um, you know, you have these kids. They're in, they're in further uh, grown bodies, but they still have the mentalities of their, you know, their their ages that they started with. But then they end up having sex, and I was like, I don't know. At the ages that we meet these children, I don't know. Even with a, you know, with with, with more grown bodies, if that's the leap they would have made, but but the book and the movie. Both make that argument that this is what would happen in those circumstances, and I'm just curious what your thoughts on that, Jason.
8: Um, yeah, this I uh, you know I had to follow Mr. Wizard Robert, uh, so you know uh, my answer is not going to be as as profound. Uh, I, I, was mentally... do, I was hoping
4: you. I was hoping you use puppets.
8: Well, you know, <laughs> two th- words: th- more puppets. Get... Uh, speaking of puppets, Team America, uh, fuck yeah, uh, in the archives. But anyway, fun, fun. Um, uh, anyway, I think that it's maybe a, you know, um, nature versus nurture. I mean, you know, as a kid, you may they may have been exposed to it, mm. and just assumed that this is what is meant to be grown up that this is the natural progression to be quote-unquote grown as their mm-hmm. body changes. So the mentality is there, but it, the perception of the mentality is still in a, in a kid's state of mind <laughs> growing and trying to adapt. And, and that's about the easiest way I can put it.
4: Fair enough. Uh, the next bit of this, speaking of sex, we have the teenage uh, whatever, now nearly...
6: Whatever my take on that is worth. <laughs> The most powerful biological impulse you have is to survive.
5: Mm -hmm.
6: The second most powerful biological impulse you have is to procreate. You're running up there. I'm just saying, depending on the specific ages, I mean, one of the things about this is the girl in question. This is slightly inverted in the, this is completely, I think, inverted in the movie, but the girl's actually a little bit older than the boy is. She's the one, because the movie dispenses with some of these characters, picks up other ones, cuts and pastes where it needs to, which is fine. It's an adaptation. But the girl's old enough to maybe be kind of uh, curious slash learning before they get to the beach. And then once you're there and all of a sudden hormones, well, you know, it's not the craziest logical leap that this, that either of these, this (laughs) version of the story takes.
4: Yeah. I guess for me, Again, using the phrase, a very specific phrase, children are sexual beings, but that doesn't necessarily make them know or understand sex. It's more of, you know, more animal based, more instinctual. So I, so even with, you know, putting their consciousness in, grow, you know, in, in bigger bodies, I don't know if, if, if children those ages would have made the leap to know what to do to get to the next part of this book. Um, and I think that's what I was kind of struggling with, and, and, and I thought made for a good at least thought experiment. Um, uh, that's
7: very I think fair. it's it is also important to point out we were discussing this before we started. This is written by a French author. Mm-hmm. European children
6: have that's very true. Uh, yeah, the basically, very different.
7: Yeah, they, they are brought up with an understanding of sex in a much different way than we are here in America. We are so
4: much more prudish than oh, they. Oh my are. god. Have you heard me and Jesse talk about what we'll expose our kids to during our review of Gunpowder Milkshake? We agreed. Bullets okay. Boobies not okay. And it was so fun because we were both like such Puritan Americans about it. But you're right. The French would look at both me and Jesse like, you have that backwards, stupid Americans.
7: Yeah. I mean, do you remember we had that big conversation? think I think it was like a year ago about that French film, about the preteen girls who uh, oh. we, what, you wanted to become dancers. So they were putting in working and all this kind of stuff. And there was all this talk about how this was like child pornography. And a lot of people saying, no, it's European. I, it was French, I believe. And it's like the French view this very differently than we view it. It's not necessarily child pornography because they understand that kids have these ideas and will go through with them.
4: Yes, Mignonez, yeah. and I spent two hours arguing that with Jesse. Um,
6: <laughs> again, for whatever my take's worth, I can find something like that exploitative without saying it's porn. It's not porn.
4: Yeah, boy, is there a big divide between porn and exploitive, but moving on. Um, all right, so again, and <laughs> right back to where we started with this. So it shifts over to now the Algerian and the uh, teenage girl and now the adult woman's body. And even, you know, and she slightly different take. Her thing is more yeah, like, she's she's putting the moves on this guy, and he's like, my nose is bleeding, I'm trapped on an island with racist white people, this is not the first thing on my mind right now. And she's like, ah,
6: "Yeah, a but little bit. Yeah, but I would really like to stick it to my dad. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm like, i really,
7: I'm real, the, very much the, I don't want to die a virgin line.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm really in the mood for penis right now, and you'll do. Um, so, so thank you, right.
7: Eli Roth. <laughs>
4: um, all right. So this is where we shift over back to the adults, the real adults in this. And this is where we get the first instance of the, uh, the writer, I think trying to make a run for it and he getting beamed back to the beach. Um,
6: yeah. There's actually a scene later on. I forget exactly when, where they watch someone walk past the point he's supposed to and he just disappears and he shows up like 30 mm-hmm. feet back.
4: Yeah. Um, so it
7: basically so, turns into that scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail.
6: Yeah, so, poor Lancelot. Never actually going to make it.
4: So th- here's an interesting line, Robert. I want to share this with you. Um, we have the, the writer say, you'll have to think a bit harder about this, Charles. May I call you Charles? Your Arab has undergone the same thing as Robert myself. The young girl probably did too, except that she must have drowned after, she, she, uh, after being knocked out. We're in a trap here. Every hour is equivalent to a year. Of our lives I did the calculations based on the age of your children and he goes on to kind of explain it and then shortly after this he starts like like positing possible explanations for this Um, here it is Uh, we could be having a sort of collective hallucination brought on by some kind of drug that we've been exposed to either deliberately or by accident on the other hand. I also thought that a prototype of some chemical could have escaped, one that made us a thousand times faster. Truly, I mean it. Some kind of stupid mistake, a cosmetic lab looking for anti-aging products. Don't you think it's a perfect spot for a fountain of youth? And everyone's just looking at him like, what the fuck, man? Like. He's just, like, and I, and I love this Because there's always like one guy like I understand we're in deadly peril But I really want to know why <laughs> like, And no one gives a shit why They just want out But this guy's like Let me figure out the puzzle box here I'm really interested in what's going on with this um, I just thought that was fascinating And I wanted to get your quick opinion on it
6: Well, yeah, there's always someone Who wants to do that in these stories And there's a good chunk of people like that in real life So it's not exactly the biggest stretch of the imagination Mm-hmm More, I think what amuses me more is he presents these theories. This is part of what they're doing. He's not just he's not just spouting off extemporaneously. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, something bad is going on here. We do need some kind of solution. And he starts going through his list of, okay. so what could this be? And everyone looks at him like he's insane. And I really just wanted a bit where he goes. We're all aging at this stupidly accelerated rate. And I'm the crazy one. (laughs) it is really time to abandon your notions of reality to a certain degree and let's try and figure out yeah something crazy is going on something beyond the norm beyond the pale that makes no sense Mm -hmm. and when i suggest solutions that when i suggest causes that make no sense you really shouldn't look at me that funny
4: um, next part, Doctor Grandpa is just fed up with the whole thing, and he's gonna go. He's gonna. He, everyone else has failed to get off the island. He's gonna figure it out. Very, very typical here. Uh, we go back to the kids. They've had sex. They're talking. Um, that's what this bit's all about here. Then the dog dies. That's the next thing that happens. Um, and this is where things start to go downhill pretty fast.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Yeah, um,
4: we go back to so, and this gets dealt with somewhat in the movie. Not nearly the same, though. It's you know very drastic interpret- different interpretations of this next bit. Um, here, the girl in the Algerian figure start to think, well, maybe if we can't get a, get off the beach um, by going through the water, or going around the cove, let's just try going up the rock face. It's so funny because he Jerry's like but there's brambles and she's like Ugh, i picked the pussiest guys um so they're gonna try to climb the rock face to get out they they can't and they realize there's no getting off this beach. so they end up just like having sex because what else are you gonna do um uh okay so the next bit is so the kids had sex and now the little girl's pregnant and everyone's freaking out about it
6: because well um, everything's going faster so this ain't gonna take right. long.
4: Yeah, I think sure. So. Okay, and uh, now that now Grandpa Doctor he starts to like have like dementia here, and so he of course attacks I, the Algerian.
6: I think specifically he had Alzheimer's. I might be mis- I might be misremembering, but I think- Alzheimer's I think so. in the
7: book. Uh, yes. schizophrenia in the film. Yeah.
4: Uh, no, I didn't think it was. I think I think mean, in one case it was. First of all, Alzheimer's and dementia is kind of part of the same Venn diagram. Schizophrenia. I, is a I whole only. Other thing. I only.
6: No, no. I, I'm aware. I only bring up the. I only bring that up because it's specifically mentioned in the book that it was Alzheimer's. And okay. In the movie, he's a. In the movie, he's a schizophrenic. They is they that, do away. I didn't think he. I didn't think
4: he was. I thought that was also dementia. No.
6: There's a line at the end where no. one of the scientists is. Uh, yeah, yeah they say like don't mix lot. up
4: the schizophrenics with the, they're talking about don't put the mental health people in with the medical uh, people yeah. and they specifically and the, talk about schizophrenia but i didn't think they were because, pointing to the doctor because, no
6: no no. because your violent schizophrenic cost us the ability to analyze data from our blood clotting patient in this in this group H- referencing
7: were, the doctor killing the rapper who was clearly the blood clot guy
4: okay see that went right good good call guys i'm went right past me. I mean, God, that's a weird interpretation of schizophrenia. Yes. Then. Um, oh, it's, it's horribly incorrect.
5: It. <laughs> yeah. like It's not right. <laughs> it's wrong,
4: yeah. That was, that's, that's, that's rough, kind of man.
7: Um, yeah, I assume, Andre and I both assumed it was dementia until that line.
4: Yeah. And that's why, that's why, I, that's why you didn't click with me because yeah. one, not, not what schizophrenia looks like. Number two, when I, I thought they were just talking in general. Um, that, that that whole end bit moves so fast, but we'll get there so as I can wrap up the, the comic portion here. The girl gives birth. Um, doc grandpa doctor's really starting to lose it. Everyone's starting to go down fast. The book, like I said, we're we're into the part of the book where things are really falling apart here. Um, baby actually
7: survives in this uh, in the book as opposed to in the movie.
6: Yep. They could because they had to change the ending for the movie, there was no way they could let that kid survive. Like it just—it makes no sense logistically.
7: I don't think they were really interested in trying to explore a child aging that rapidly from infancy into adulthood either. I, I'm sorry that—that that itself was a whole other movie.
4: Yeah, um, and there's a lot I want to talk about there, but uh, but yeah, here the child survives, and it's actually it leads to the, like the very end of the book. Um, yeah, you, know, you start to see like the, the ch- child's now a toddler, and this is only a few minutes later. Um, let's see what happens next here. Uh, yeah, I they wanna...
6: see they hear the gunshots,
4: right? They hear the gunshots.
6: Uh, um, oh, I forgot to mention this earlier when he mentioned the calculations about the time slippage. Mm-hmm. It is different in the movie, too. They deliver which they had to do, they had to deliberately yeah. shift how much time approximated each thing because in the book as we're not to spoil too much of this by the time they sleep and wake up they've had one year for each minute so you sleep for 12 hours suddenly yeah yeah you ain't waking up
4: so um as the book proceeds uh we start to see grandpa he's making sandcastles hence the name of the book um he's sort of lost his uh capacities okay there was also a, a bit of a
7: speech where they talk about the sandcastle will be here tomorrow we won't
4: yeah yeah so. um and then you know his wife's starting to die and she's like hey you know can we just kind of be together one more time and he's so far gone that he doesn't even hear her um so yeah people are starting to die off now uh they go to sleep i think when they wake up just about everyone uh has, has passed away
6: well we get what is the actual point of this story go ahead you have a courtesy of the tried and true framing device of a story within a story the which is on the screen now for those of you watching uh the fable about a sultan who's told you're about to die he bargains with death you know can't you put this off yeah sure i'll give you seven years He then does everything in his power to stave off death. He builds a big wall. He builds an impregnable fortress. He locks himself in. He shuts out everyone around him because he's afraid that death is going to find him. Eventually, death finds him anyway and goes, Yeah, I found you in the prison you built for yourself. I didn't build a prison. I built a fortress. And he looks around and realizes, No, I built myself a prison. The final line in this one being, He looks out a window at a slightly distant mountain and realizes that his high enough to have snow cap on it and realize that in his entire life he never actually felt snow and lays down and dies. Uh, which speaks to the entire sort of de- uh, sort of message of this short story. You know, death comes for all of us. Ain't no getting <laughs> out of it. nobody That's the only thing about one of the only guarantees in life is that it ends. What you do with the time you have is what matters. And you can waste it trying to prolong your life you can waste it in all these kinds of ways or you can do the things that matter
7: or you can be like us and waste it talking about these books and movies
6: also true
4: you chose to be here enjoy it um so we have the one couple walking into the water uh we have a picture of the sandcastle here you know shots of people just dropping where they are and the only um,
6: person alive at the end of all this is the infant who was born, who is now all alone and will die in a matter of hours.
4: Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. So the last shot of her is, is the you know infant that was just born building a sandcastle, and that is the end of Sandcastles. Um, I'll start with you first, Jason. A uh, quick discussion of the book, and then we'll, get, we'll jump into the movie, which we're all itching to talk about. Um, what did you think of the book?
8: I, I liked it. I mean, it had a lot of, a lot of dark undertones. Um, of the basically, we're all living on borrowed time. No matter what, what we perceive, um, and it could all be gone in a moment. So I kind of like that aspect. It showed the, you know, the peril that we're in on a daily struggle. Just like there. They're trying to live their lives just like we are. So I, I didn't really have anything bad about the book. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually liked the book. I actually liked the movie a little bit better than the book, and we'll get into that here shortly uh, Because when I pose the question, I do. But, yeah, I mean, the book was fine. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I it, it had a really nice parallel. I mean, of course, there were some things swapped around because I'm not like M Knight likes to do that because everything's got to have a twist. Uh, but yeah, I mean the book was fine. I mean I I actually enjoyed it. It wasn't a hard read.
4: No, There's so. <laughs> a lot of pictures with no words. My kind of comic. Um, Alexis, exactly. as, a, as as a think piece, and, you know, and and a sort of a thought experiment on the concept of aging, what we do with the little bit of time, really a fragment of time in the grand scheme of things. You know what you do with how valuable your time is and what you do with it. Um, what were your thoughts on the comic? Did you enjoy it? Was it like, uh, this was a chore to read?
7: I did enjoy it. Um, again, I felt that, I felt that some of the transitions and the panels could have been done a little bit better. There was a few times where I couldn't really grasp how we got from one point to the next point in the book um like there's multiple scenes where someone's talking and then it just cuts to someone else laying on the beach i'm like wait where where, what happened in between here was someone still talking and they just walked off has a couple of hours passed and i mentioned i did mention this earlier i kind of wish that the distinction between some of the characters had been a little bit more pronounced because sometimes i had trouble telling who was who because Mm -hmm. this is a black and white book so you and most the the kids are all once they're you know once they've grown up a little bit, they're all run around naked. <laughs> so uh, I think it would have been a little bit better to have a better understanding of that.
4: Yeah, I think in terms of art, I would have liked a little bit more distinctive qualities between the kids, because you're right. There were a couple of ones where I'm like, I'm not sure which kid this is. Um, but as far as, the, like I said, the other characters, I could tell them apart real well. We don't get to read too many black and white comics. So you know, it's just it was a novel experience And that. We certainly don't read especially this group, we do not read a tremendous amount of foreign comics um, outside of maybe those of you that read manga. Uh, Sorry, manga, as my daughter would correct me. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the experience just because this was something so out of the box of what we would normally do. Robert, uh, your thoughts on Sandcastle?
6: I largely enjoyed it. The art style takes a little bit of time to get used to, and I, I agree, character design, not the best choices. Some odd choices in terms of again art, kind of like panel setup and art direction in that particular respect. But can, as as a little bit of a think piece, you know, uh, an, uh, an exposition, uh, not exposition, but a, a thing that expounds a bit on the aging process, the inevitable, the inevitability of all of our deaths, the mortality, what we choose to do with the time we have, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't quite work on me the same way it does on other people, I suppose, just because of my religious beliefs, but that's mm-hmm. neither really here nor there. That's just my i,
4: I my, 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 my one, um, and I'll give you a chance to respond to this. My one kind of issue with the book is it definitely kind of throws the idea of aging and time out there and plays with it a bit, but I'm not entirely sure it makes any kind of point. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like the authors took a point of view, they kind of just it was more of a kind of laying back in, in your lounge you're eating grapes and philosophizing about, you know, what does what does age do to us? What you know what? How do we respond to age uh, at different points in our life? And it's just like we're just asking questions here, man. You know, we're not making a point of, of saying anything. We have no editorial point of view. And as you know from other podcasts with me, that is, a, that is something I struggle with. Like I want – say something. I don't even care if I agree with it. Just say something. And the book doesn't really say anything pointed.
6: I think the only response would be that it, the only thing it says is something that's relatively self-evident. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it kind of goes a little bit towards you – know, if you're saying something that – if you go through a long sequence to say the sky is blue, I mean, <laughs> you've said something. Right. True. But did you actually you know, how much did you contribute beyond the statement of the obvious is eh. it, it, it's a fair I think it's a somewhat of a fair criticism. But I also don't think this is intended to be something, you know, all that revelatory in that particular respect.
4: Mm-hmm. If not, this a, is, not a provocative piece, you're saying
6: if they tried to extend this further than what they did, if they tried to make this longer, they might have had to. Mm. Uh, which is a problem that Shyamalan runs into when adapting this relatively short story into a however long the movie was. I, I actually don't have the. Okay, I got
4: it. You finish your point. I'll walk okay.
7: It's 108 minutes.
6: There we so go. Even even a short movie by 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 most standards, you know, you're barely over 90 minutes at that point. I. I can live with it. I, I can live with just a little bit of, you know, a slightly more meditative experience that doesn't have to go off the rails. and the. Movie.
4: Meditation. That's the word I couldn't think of last night when we were talking about Ang Lee. Not that I want to do that again. but um, I- <laughs>
5: <laughs>
7: Yeah, seriously. How, how do we get started talking about, it's like get brought on to discuss Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk, and we spend half the show talking about Ang Lee's
6: Hulk. Because Ang Lee's Hulk is a much more interesting and memorable film no in every the answer is somebody
4: way. asked and we and 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 we just went on from there and it was 106 people on that podcast hey speaking of which um i take a moment here before we shift into the movie finally to talk to you about grammarly grammarly's ai powered products help people communicate more effectively grammarly helps you write mistake for your own gmail facebook twitter linkedin and nearly anywhere else you write on the web Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements. It will not change the art at all. You're going to have to draw better, uh, but it will help you with your writing and finding words like think piece or words like think piece, And the other one that I've now just forgotten again, meditation, that's the one. It'll help you remember meditation when you're trying to discuss why the Angley Hulk is not that bad and you can't and you just go a dabba and they go fuck it we're moving on to the next person so grammarly will help you <laughs> grammarly will help you remember words that you have since forgotten because your brain has aged like they talk about and sandcastle seamless <laughs> all right um, to download grammarly today go to get grammarly.com w2m network again that's get grammarly.com w2m network to download grammarly for free all right robert it is your time Get on the right side. You'll be godlike. And what
6: I mean by that is go ahead and give the plot synopsis. I don't understand the reference you just made, but okay. It's a KMFDM lyric. Move on. I was going to say, you just referenced something. (laughs) That's a song, isn't it? You know I've never heard. All right. So Old, which is, again, adapted from Sandcastle, so we don't have to be too repetitive with our synopsis here. We follow primarily the Kappa family, and if we have any Twitch streamers in chat, I will not tolerate... uh, Not in chat, but if we have any people who follow the Twitch platform, no jokes, please. (laughs) It was bad enough that I had to listen to them say that over and over and over again in the movie. Uh, This family comprised of a husband and wife whose marriage is on the rocks and their children, one of whom speaks like a 50-year-old man and the other of whom is a 12-year-old girl. Uh, they go to this expensive resort. They want to have a nice family vacation before dropping the bomb on their kids. That well, your whole life is going to change in giant ways. And mom and dad don't like each other any. Well, don't like each other, maybe a But I never divorced. really
7: understood the concept of why they were getting a divorce because they'd say it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, the wife Priska found has a benign tumor in her body.
4: She, and,
8: uh, she had an oh, affair. Yeah.
4: There's a lot. There's a lot there. Actually, um, I was I was talking about this with my wife. There's a lot in that discussion that uh, comes out that talks about why they were separating that I want to get into. So we'll come back. We'll round back to that.
6: Yeah, she doesn't feel seen or heard because he's always planning for the future. He's a little bit not happy with the way she's uh, with her constantly going. Why don't you see me? Like I literally can see you then and she's a little bit fixated on her own mortality because she works for a, she works for a museum. She's like a quasi archeologist or a display designer or something like that. And she's a little bit freaking out because I'm 40 now and oh no life it's passing me by. It really is. Uh, She winds up having an affair. He finds out about it, but doesn't tell her and just irreconcilable differences, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so they go to this resort. They want to have a nice vacation. There's a couple. Of, there's a bunch of other people there. The son, Trent, befriends this other boy running around the resort. Whose name I can't remember. It is... Ildib, I think? Ildib, Il, something like that, yeah. yeah. Who leaves him a couple of clues that things are not on the up and up, but he doesn't figure them out until later. Our group of protagonists winds up on the beach in, on this particular beach in question, which is located off the main trail on the nature preserve portion of this undeveloped island, uh, where our our family of four also meets moderately famous rapper mid midsize sedan. Who came up with
7: that name, seriously.
6: Believe it or not, believe it or not, the most believable part of this movie, uh, where. Because in a callback to our opening shot from the book, he's been there with a girl. She went out into the ocean, aged, blacked well blacked out, drowned. Uh, we also get Rufus Sewell and his, uh, his mother, his trophy wife, and their young daughter. And that's basically going to be our cast of characters. They all show up. They realize they're trapped in very similar fashions. The kids start growing up. Um, the, the smaller cast of characters provides a little bit of a it of the dynamic of the story a fair bit, which we can talk about when we compare and contrast. Uh, we, as was mentioned, there's something of a benign tumor in the wife, uh, not the young wife, the older wife. Crisca? Uh, Crisca, thank you. P or C? I can't remember. P. Okay. Yeah, P. yeah. Prisca. It's a
7: weird name. Uh, this, this woman, um, I looked up the actress is. hang on a second. Uh, she's from
4: Luxembourg. So... V- yeah, Vicky Creeps, I believe is how they pronounce it on Critically Acclaimed. And yeah, her name is Prisca.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, the, both her and her husband have French accents or <laughs> loosely French accents. Accents derived from speaking a French language, primarily, whatever the particular country happens to be.
7: Uh, the act, uh, Ga- uh, Gael Garcia Bernal is the father, and he's Mexican. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I've I, I got the opinion he was supposed to be Spanish and she was supposed to be German. Okay. That, that was where I pulled it.
6: My mistake, then. Yeah, it's the accent work in this movie is really weird. Mm-hmm. At least they let Rufus Sewell just speak normally. <laughs> uh so anyway they're all they all wind up on the beach they go through kind of the same sequence of trying to figure out what's going on they try escapes none of them work uh the son and the daughter and so the son trent and the i think six-year-old girl kara just like in the book they have sex she gets pregnant she gives birth the baby dies because they set it down for a minute and because of how rapidly things age, the baby is now touch and affection-deprived for long enough to send it into – I forget the medical term for that.
7: They, but, they basically just say that a baby cannot survive in the atmosphere that the beach is providing. I mean, i you might be right, but I,
6: I – I know that's a line of dialogue that's given. I don't – there is another theory that's thrown at that They never actually give you a concrete answer as far as that goes. So either way. Uh, so – kid freaks, uh, kids, new parents freak out like you do. There's a slight difference in that in the graphic novel, in the comic, dead things don't age. It only works on living tissue, which is actually something they say in this particular movie. That's why their hair and their fingernails don't grow. But then as soon as something dies, it decomposes unnaturally quickly, so there's a giant lack of consistency. Shock of shocks in a Shyamalan movie, I suppose. Um, uh, <laughs>
7: Very poignant scene that uh, Kara keeps holding the dead baby wrapped in a blanket after she gives birth, even though she is a...
4: and, like, sand is leaking
6: out of it. When, when yeah, he goes to bury it, yeah, it's basically it, dust. It's, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's but it's
7: still a very poignant scene that this child who does not gather the concept of birth and what she has done still feels a connection to this child, and she refuses to hold on to it until yeah, it's it's literally nothing but dust in a blanket.
6: It, there's a not to get too far into my thoughts on the movie, there's some, there is some good stuff in that film. There really is. There's other problems, but uh, so anyway, people start dying. Uh, some from just old age. Rufus Sewell goes crazy because he is in this particular version supposed to be a violent schizophrenic, and
7: which apparently Shyamalan thinks just means that in the middle of talking he suddenly says, "Hey, what was that one movie with Jack Nicholson?"
6: Not just Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando and I. I just about wanted to, I was almost the, if I had been the only person in my theater, I might've shouted the answer at the screen, but.
7: <laughs> I was going to say, who here knows the answer?
6: answer is Missouri Breaks. It's a Western starring Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando. Brando plays a regulator brought in by a cattle baron to deal with the thievery that Jack Nicholson is producing. Jack Nicholson starts a relationship with said cattle baron's daughter. Get on
3: with it. Yes, get over with it. Yeah. <laughs> that
7: was the one and only time that that's actually going to be appropriate mark uh,
6: anyway so yeah Shyamalan's understanding of mental illness is as thorough as his understanding of the human speech pattern which is <coughs> to say not at all um, his uh, Sewell's wife crystal has a she has a calcium deficiency problem which is uh, over, over rapid uh over rapid aging processes to, leads to the only actually quasi horrifying moment in this entire movie when she gets trapped with she breaks her arm and then because her cells have are activating at such an accelerated rate it actually heals in the wrong position and this just accelerates into her kind of breaking more bones and then becoming just a, a windmill
4: fan. she she, she yeah. turned into a windmill
7: i figured i thought she i said she turned into the spider from it yeah <laughs> Either way, she yeah, she's flailing. She is flailing because yeah.
4: I think the I think the choices on the quiz were windmill, spider, or or uh, swastika.
6: <laughs> so to put her out of her misery, they drag her out back onto the beach, and Don Quixote shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I never get to make Don Quixote references. I had to make so one. So you feel there. proud of yourself for that? <laughs> Thank oh,
4: you for man. 15 years <laughs> you've been doing this and you get to make a Don Quixote uh, reference finally. I figure that's it folks. It's not getting any better than this.
6: <laughs> I haven't I haven't been able to I, haven't, I have genuinely. I have not made one on any of the shows we've done together. So check that off the list.
7: I was gonna say congratulations. You hit it on your bucket list. Now, when okay. you ev- now when Mark eventually drives you to suicide, I hope that you'll say at least I got to make the Don Quixote reference. He
4: said well, earlier, no no gun to his head. There's no, <laughs> I'm not driving him anywhere. I'm in uh, the back seat, throwing look, popcorn at his head.
6: Look, you're gonna ask me to quit before you drive me to suicide. We both know that. <laughs> anyway, Mark uh, doesn't so-
7: ask anyone to quit.
6: Just wait. Anyway sewell's uh condition still deteriorates he's eventually cut by a rusted knife the theory being that this would rapidly create uh an infection and spread up his arm and kill him not at all understanding Shyamalan included does not understand how tetanus works either still a creepy scene it wasn't the it wasn't the wasn't the best iteration of that particular
4: close
5: I know. Now,
7: in, in my opinion, there's two actually legit scare scenes. One's a scene you mentioned with Crystal uh, with the calcium deficiency breaking her bones. The other is when Maddox walks into the ocean. She's kind of having a little bit of a mental breakdown trying to figure out what's going on. And earlier, um, the uh, one of the what other... Uh, Aaron? Jared, yeah who i swear to god what was with some of the dialogue they gave him earlier in the film um had said that he was going to try to swim around uh the shoals to get Mm -hmm. to another part of the island and that he used to be on the swim team so he goes and they hadn't seen him in a while and she's just sort of standing in the ocean and his body floats up to her and she starts that and the scene with crystal were the two legit scary scenes in this movie
6: so they all wind up. So there. So that deals with the doctor and his wife. And his, oh, his daughter Kara tries to climb the cliffs to get out. And right near the top, blacks out, falls to her death because.
7: Yeah, this isn't a case of we can't leave because there's some kind of magical force driving us back. Apparently, the cliffs that they have to pass through emit some kind of pressure.
6: Hell, their explanation for this, God help me. Shyamalan <laughs> studied at the George Lucas School of Film writing. It it really is painful. Their logic here is that there's some kind of mineral in the rocks that are around the beach, and exposure to it causes you to age rapidly. The problem is that this this effect on your cells is a little bit their metaphor, which is not actually scientific which is not all that accurate to the best of my knowledge, but the metaphor is. This is like being deep sea diving, and when we try to leave quickly, it's like trying to escalate without properly, it's like trying to uh, decompress too rapidly. So if we go slowly, we can acclimate ourselves and we can get through this, but when we go too quickly, it winds up causing us to black blackout and, uh, and return to a more hospitable environment for our bodies now.
4: Alright, so getting to the end.
0: no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
6: uh sort of reconcile grow old and die together the kids go to sleep they wake up they're now in their 50s they decide to build a sand castle at this point trent realizes he has a message from the kid He de- he decodes it it says my uncle who's in charge of the resort doesn't like the coral there's a coral reef not that far off the shore they swim out towards it. They find an underwater passage. We think they die. We cut to M. Night Shyamalan's cameo and well, his own role in the movie because he always casts himself in some sort of capacity. Who was observing everything and recording it? Uh, the entire exercise here is a front for a pharmaceutical company that is in one of the more ethical uses of this particular phenomena, believe it or not. Using it to conduct clinical trials, simply getting a full lifetime's worth of data about their uh, products to find which ones work the longest uh, so that they can then manufacture them and provide them. Uh, In the case of this particular trial group, what they find is a... Uh, a very effective a not, not a cure, but a very effective epileptic medication, yeah. yeah, the
7: the wife of the guy who died drowning while trying to swim the, she she has a seizure before they go to the beach. And for most of the time she's out there, she doesn't have seizure. They even mention it's like so she's thinking maybe years. there's something there that's perfect, that keeping her. And then all of a sudden, she just has like seizure sixteen years seizure, of sixteen seizure. years worth of seizures, and she dies from it.
5: Well, well, they mentioned yeah.
6: that what the, the experimental medication they'd given her prevented her from seizing for eight plus hours on the beach, which equated to 16 some odd years, which if you could take one dose of an epileptic medication and get 16 years of non seizures, I mean, hey, <laughs> uh, uh, we also get God help us. He almost did it. Shyamalan got this close to writing a movie where he did not have a character say, as you know, before dumping exposition. <sighs> but He couldn't do it. Uh, so they're celebrating. They start to welcome the next group of of tro- uh, you know uh, potential guinea pigs.
7: Yeah, we find out that they've been purposely inviting people with chronic. Yeah, I, for- for I
6: forgot to mention this. Everyone on the beach has there's at least one person in every group that has some kind of serious medical condition that they're going they're basically being again drug trial lab rats for and Uh, everyone who
7: goes with them is just collateral damage
6: yeah sorry about your damn luck yeah the rapper has a blood clotting disease a rufus has hemophilia technically speaking his wife and her calcium issue might have been uh, something that you might be able to consider the wife has this tumor Uh, i think that was it
7: uh the epileptic and the
6: uh, the epileptic wife uh I...
7: i i think uh the uh, the husband guy had something but i don't remember
6: what he might have i'd have i'd have to rewatch the movie i don't recall off the top of my head
7: yeah i think they mentioned that everyone else does have something uh, but it's not prominent
6: enough
4: so wrapping up
6: so as we're getting towards our conclusion the ki- the you know 50-year-old children show up and deliver a list of all the names of all the of a, a whole series of trials that had been done uh, to a police officer who's there. They expose what's going on. They then get airlifted out to go live with their aunt.
4: They pull the mask off the guy and he says, if it wasn't for you darn kids, I would have gotten away with it. Yeah,
7: There is something good. I like the idea that they don't immediately pull off. It's like you're making people age. The book that one of the previous trial members had written down the names and addresses of everyone he had been there. And I'm assuming he was with a pretty large group. They hand it to the cop and the cop is able to figure out that everyone on the list is from a missing persons case. And that's enough to open the investigation. And I actually like that. It's not just, oh my God, you have to look at this. It's like, no, there is something else here. We need to investigate And that leads to it. it Again, I thought that was actually good writing.
4: It was all very convenient. Um, yeah, go ahead, Robert. Oh, Finish Of course up.
6: it's convenient. Uh, anyway, they fly off on a helicopter, uncertain about their futures, et cetera. It's, um,
4: all right, Jason. I know you've been waiting a while patiently. Go ahead, and um, I know there were. I know there's a point about the uh, the, the pharmaceutical trial that you wanted to talk about. We're going to get there, but let's just first talk. Let, let's just first talk about the actual film craft of, of the movie, so we can get that done, and then we can kind of do a philosophical discussion over that part of it. Go ahead.
8: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I actually thought that this was one of his better movies. Um, surprisingly, actually. Uh, I went into it, did, they didn't have high expectations due to, you know, his track record as of late. Uh, he has a lot of hit and misses. Uh, the, the cinematography was, ooh, like you mentioned earlier, might as well have been uh, done on a tilt-a-whirl. Because the framing of a lot of shots took you out of the suspense um, of the moment. Uh, that they were building to. And it felt really flat. But. As you know. We've all talked. The biggest thing that his movies lack. Is dialogue. The, the dialogue. In his movies. Suffer tremendously. Uh, and I think that that really takes. Takes you out of the movie. Because the suspense that is built. Then you have this really cheesy. Really ham-handed, damn near laughable dialogue, and it just brings you completely out of the moment. So, I mean, but overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a nice little date movie for me and the wife. Uh, She enjoyed it uh, as well. Uh, But, of course, one of her favorite um, movies by him is actually, um, what is it? the the eighteen hundreds one that is ridiculous. The village, yes, that is one of her favorite movies by him. So I don't put uh, very much faith in her. Her her movie. <laughs> she
4: her doesn't movie get a vote. Expertise. Yeah, <laughs> she, she 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 fails the the vote test.
8: Once she mentioned that, I, I you know I started looking into online lawyers to file for divorce. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was like like I said, I mean reading the book afterwards, I think kind of, kind of took me, changed my opinion of the movie in itself because the book did some things a a hundred times better than the movie did. Uh, because it's like he, he's forcing a lot of the scenes, uh, where the, the book kind of fleshed him out a little bit. But like I said, fun date movie didn't really hate it. Uh, wasn't demanding my money back or anything even though i got in for free so yeah i mean it it was fine in mark's words all
4: right there are three things i want to say and then i will uh, i'll go to you alexis and then we'll have robert back clean up on just the craft part of this and i don't want to repeat the stuff that that jason already said so um i'm not going to get into the weird camera work here i'm sure you guys will also touch on it um it's i like not it sucks (laughs) <laughs> we just gotta kind of leave it there. fair enough um i like nine tenths of this movie and i'll explain that in a second um first of all as J- as jason said the line readings i just want to take that a step further this almost comes across like it was originally in another language and this was the dubbed in english version it is some weird like I. I is that
6: if I, you google translate
4: yeah like and it felt like. M Night Shyamalan was like, "Okay, I want you to say the line, but pretend you don't know English and you don't know what it is you're saying." Like some of these, the most bizarre like accents and line readings I've ever heard in a movie, to the point where I just sort of accepted as this is the universe these people live in, where you know, and, and because we watch and, and I'm sure Robert can sympathize with this point of view, we watch so many movies that are just bland blockbuster schlock. I'll take kind of anything that's stylized even stylized in a really weird way and go okay i'm with you at least this isn't every other thing i've seen this year um so it didn't bother me that much but it was bizarre uh i want to talk about the thing i like most about this movie and that is it, this this touched my heart and it kind of made me tear up a bit um i got very emotional and it's one of the things that that makes me like this movie as much as i did up until the very end and that is I was talking to my wife about this um, and you don't have to be a married person to, to get this point of view. But if you've ever been in a relationship long enough, um, you start to realize that the things that you used to fight about in the beginning of the relationship or in the early parts of it don't quite mean as much to you as, as time progresses. If, if you're lucky, I mean, some people hang on to these things forever. But the point that I'm, I'm getting to is they start off the movie where, you know, and I definitely related to this. You know somebody with a debilitating disease and how it can affect your partner, how it affects you, how it changes the way you you view the world, how the, how it changes the way you behave uh, around people around the people in your life. I very much related to um, Priska's struggle. Uh, she handles it not great, um, but I sympathized with that. And I, you know, I then I sympathized with her husband. You know, his reaction to it, like well this isn't going to work out then you you've this disease has taken to you to a place that i can't follow and we can't fix this but then because of the conceit of the movie where time moves so rapidly they get to a place where they look back and go i don't even know what the fuck we were fighting he literally says i don't even know what we were fighting for anymore why i was mad and like that's so true that's that that resonated with me so much that you can look back at the things you used to make a big deal about And realize they're not as nearly as important um you know it's important that you you know you love the person that you're with and you know you build a life with that person you don't reflect on sort of the insignificant stuff that you used to think was a bigger deal than it really is the fact that the movie talks about that and i thought so in a very eloquent way that whole scene where they're on the beach and he looks at her and says i don't even know what i was mad about i'm like ah that touches and breaks my heart all at the same time and then shortly thereafter he dies and I'll tell you, it was the most emotionally resonant part of the movie because then what follows is she walks to the water, doesn't make it, and she dies. And these kids that might have been in like, middle-aged bodies are still very much children, and they're alone on this beach in this horrible situation. And I'm like, wow, that's so impactful. And you know, the movie, the the book ends with the little toddler building sandcastles, and then we sort of, you know, we back back out, and that's the end of the book. And I'm like. That's, that's an impactful ending for me. And I thought that's where they were going with the movie. And I'm like, oh, he's like, let's build a sandcastle together. And they go and they do. And had Ed and I Shyamalan had any kind of restraint, <laughs> any ability to self-edit, and just that was the end of the movie. And I understand some, he, that might have been the thought. And there's probably notes going, you can't end a Hollywood movie this way, you asshole. You, you have to do something.
6: I'd have been oh. like, okay, I get it.
4: Well, hang on no, no, but I'm, just,
6: I'm with you entirely and I will expound on, make your point I'm going to yep. add to it later <laughs> like we're in sync here
4: if we just ended with the two of them building a sandcastle, do the whip around with the camera again and you know in they're 80 do one more whip around and they're dead and then finn perfect I, I i that is the way the movie should have ended instead we get this we get this ending with you couldn't just leave it as a mystery as to why the op- the, uh, the beach operates the way that it does. You have to have a malevolent explanation for the whole thing and what the ulterior motives were. And even that I can accept. If they had just left it with, well, we're here to do illegal experimenting on people who gave no consent, but it's for the betterment of all mankind. Finn!
6: Yeah, just, just <laughs> ominous music as the next group up takes their drinks. Right. As so the
4: van pulls in, and you know, and behind the van, the, the license plate says "The End." Great, we're done here. But they do this whole thing with them going through the tunnel of of uh, coral, and then you know, you're led to believe they died, and then they're like, and then again, it's a Scooby Doo ending. They're like, you know, he pulls the mask off, and it's like, oh, you got me, kids. Put the cuffs on. And I'm like, at that point, I threw my shoes, a jar of piss, and my whole dick at the movie. I'm like, I am done with this. I was so mad. It just ruined the the whole viewing experience for me. Go ahead, Alexis.
7: Okay, number one, glad we're all in agreement that somebody needs to find and hire a script doctor to follow M. Night Shyamalan around for the rest of his life.
4: Yeah, when he gets to writing conclusions and they see the part where it should have ended, push M. Night Shyamalan in the pool
7: see i was okay with i'm going with what you're saying I, again i was okay with the end when they reveal why they were sent there because again i think that it was good that they didn't expound a lot on why the beach operates the way it does rather why they got to the resort and why they you know why they you know why they were said You know, it's like hey go check out this private beach you know and why the resort sent them there That was, I think, a little bit more the mystery, and I'm glad that that was what they focused on more in the end. Trying to explain why is this beach the way it is? Because I swear to God, if they were going to go into this whole thing about how there's a magic curse on it or something, I was going to lose my ship.
4: You want to throw your dick at the screen too?
7: (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Thank you, Mark.
8: okay
6: for anyone only listening to the audio version please go to the youtube channel look up just to see alexis's face when mike said that it's worth it she she turned into
4: crushy the clown doing the if but it's on fox face uh yeah there are some really
7: good things in this movie and some really creative ideas, but there was so much that held it back. And I'm sorry, Jason, the whole, it's like, it's not the worst of his films. It's like saying, well, Tom Cruise isn't the tallest midget in the world. It's just, there was... So many things in this movie that I wanted to get into. I really did, but then there were so many shambalan moments that brought me back to no, this movie's crap. I mean, for God's sakes, you get the whole scene with them going through the coral, and it looks the reason that it looks like they're not going to make it is because Maddox is wearing a blouse jacket or shawl or something, and it gets tangled in the coral and they can't break it loose. I'm like, and Andre and I are both just staring at the screen going, take off the shawl, take it off. This is a loose piece of
6: fabric. Take it off.
4: This is not- was, they acted like they were tied to the trees.
6: Yeah. You know? it's like, I mean, that was it- almost as dumb as the end of Prometheus when Shirley Theron and Numi Rapace are running. Like they have, they have the ship that's collapsing this way and they just run parallel under it instead of literally <laughs> just taking two steps this way.
7: The scene that was so bad that Sins actually named one of their cliches after it. Yeah. But yeah, just like again, it's like no. I mean, we're saying they're going. Okay, maybe if you want to actually wanted to have it, how about her hair gets caught right in the coral? Because that, yeah, that you're trapped in. But it's a loose shawl. Like, just take it off. I mean, hell, even if her bikini got caught, it's like I think swimming naked is a better idea than drowning in the coral. You know, there were so also, many.
2: coral
4: is not made of steel. Break it off.
7: There was so so many scenes that just stop this movie from being good there were so many moments of tell don't show which i know is Shyamalan's greatest folly this is a man who does not know how to film a scene and actually have the scene describe what is going on he has to have people talking i mean we get the scene where they're cutting the tumor out of her because it's growing and i understand that we can't see a lot of that because then this is going to get really gory and that's probably going to verge on you know ruining the rating and just Uh. making people uncomfortable but you get the whole i'd rather
6: they leaned into that personally (laughs)
7: But then but all you get is them talking about this giant-ass tumor that they're cutting out of her. And they're not even focusing on her pain or anything. They're just... They're not really focusing on anything. This, And you have the scene where the two teenagers have sex, which... I am going to go ahead and say, fine, these are two kids who suddenly have all their hormones going haywire and they had sex. fine. I will believe that. But you have this scene of them just lying, facing each other, holding, not moving, just holding, eating chips while they're talking about it. And again, it's like, Shamlon do you not have any concept of sexual chemistry at I mean, all? He has,
6: he has children.
4: <laughs> yeah. So you, well, talked about this, you talked about the scariest moments in the movies. I honestly left hard at, the, at the, um, the model, the trophy wife breaking all of her bones and looking like a swastika. I thought that was more funny than, than scary. And then the, I think he said the other one was the rust. And again, I laughed at it. You know what the most horrifying thing in this movie for me was her eating pasta salad, gross. Yuck said <laughs> the like, i said the rust
7: sort of like, scene, scene was creepy i said the <laughs> second scary scene was when the dot was when the uh the nurse the the male nurse floated mm-hmm. by oh. and you just his dead body just floated up to Maddox I'll
4: give you and that i that thought it was
7: legit scary
4: but yeah but her eating pasta salad might have been the grossest thing in this entire movie including operating on a including taking the tumor out
7: I'll give you that. And then, yeah, you have the scene with Kara climbing the rocks and they're describing her blacking out. We don't actually see this actress's reaction. I thought it could have been really good if we had some scenes of her trying to, you know, obviously regain focus and be like, you know, just kind of like, oh, no, I could just, I could just, you know, something like that. But no, Shyamalan does not know how to film these kind of scenes. And yeah, there's some really good moments in here. The actors are all good. Rufus Sewell did a great
6: job i god bless that man he has been in some crap and he never phones it in
7: with the exception of the sequel to the mass or the sequel to, of uh, the Zorro, the second zoro movie because to this day i still don't yeah, know what fair. accent he was trying to pull off in that
6: neither did the director god, the, no the less said about everyone jokes about sequels that don't exist that's one of them. Like agreed. It, it's it's not actually as bad in a pure craft sense as others that we don't talk about, but boy is it a letdown, especially if you just watched the first one, which is a genuinely great swashbuckler action adventure. Anything that
4: else, one. Alexis? This
7: is a movie that I felt feel that in another director's hands could have been so good. Really really good again all these actors were great Well was great uh alex wolf who we pre- i previously saw in uh, hereditary so i know that he's an amazing actor uh, he plays uh, teenage trent and i thought he did a really good job you get scenes where he's just sobbing and crying over what's happening and it's believable again all the most of the actors were pretty good i feel that if this uh graphic novel had been adapted by another director and had been hired by somebody who actually knows how to write dialogue, that this could have been a amazing movie.
4: Yeah, I think M Night Shyamalan suffers when he writes his own stuff, he, or, or in this case, adapted somebody else's material, but still wrote the script. Here's a guy that need he needs to be working with a really great director of photography and a really great screenwriter, and he just kind of needs to be guiding the ship. um I always make a joke about like George Lucas. Like George Lucas is another one where he needs talented people doing the things that need to be done to make film but he can be he can be sort of you know leading the charge but as far as being that hands-on craftsman both Shyamalan and George Lucas suffer from the same disease go ahead Robert clean us up
6: all right I mentioned this already so I've got to bring it up again if you ever writers you you screenwriters out there look at me aspiring screenwriters professional screenwriters I don't care if you write stuff that is meant to be performed In any format, and you ever start a sentence with, as you know, I want you to stop, smack yourself, and do better. I can think of exactly one instance of that. There's one instance in, God help me for referencing the movie, because this, it is. He writes it in this movie all the time. If you've ever seen his version of the Last Airbender,
7: oh, ow, ow! I know ow, it's the
6: pain. Ow! If you want to get Ugh. drunk in that movie, and you probably will need to to get through it, take a shot every time one of the characters says, "As you know, it's you all need- over." That you need a
7: but you need twenty bottles of liquor just to get through that movie in general. That is, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I don't. I know we're all debating. We'll debate over what's the worst Shyamalan movie, Lady in the Water, The Happening. Or the last Airbender.
6: It's the last Airbender. That isn't. Yeah. I would watch any of the others.
4: This Idiot. all sounds like a fun challenge. By the way, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take. I'm going to do. I'm going to play the drinking game.
6: Hey, oh, I said earlier in the you. chat, we need to have a.
7: We have not done a commentary on a movie in ages. No, and now that we, have to, we, we need to do one with the happening. Okay, get our. We all get a <laughs> bottle of wine and we watch the <laughs> happening. Please, I want to do this.
6: Go ahead, Robert. Anyway. So do anyway, you point being it works there's one point in that movie when him when his character going as you know works because he's just being a jerk but every other time it should have been cut there's one other time i can think of off the top of my head where someone says as you know and it's it's not the start of the sentence and it's more done to help the cadence of the sentence rather than be an exposition dump because it's not a character talking to the audience it's a character talking to another character but 90 percent of the time if your character says as you know you're literally acknowledging, you're telling the other characters something they know. You're speaking to the audience, not to anyone else in the movie. It breaks similitude. It's terrible. Don't do it. I can actually
7: tell you one scene where an as-you-know line worked, but it's the only one. Please. Miss Congeniality. When they're asking the contestants the, uh, I know this because somebody actually put together a clip of all the as-you-knows that they could find to show just how bad they are. And they put that one in there, and it was a, as you know, for, they were asking the questions for the contestants. And I was like, I guess, like, as you know, some, many of you, the, it was basically using it as a form of a question to the contestant. I'm like, that actually works.
6: Yeah, there's one sequence in The Princess Bride when Wesley does it. And it's when he's talking to Buttercup and they're going through the fire swamp and he's, and I, as you know, I'm Roberts. And it, it works because he's talking to another character and it works in trying to develop the poetry of the speech. It's not at all necessary. And of course the audience knows everything that he's saying as well. So it, it's but not, that's much not an starting much of That's
7: yeah. not starting it off. That's more just laying the groundwork to connect yeah. the dots between two trains of thought. That's not mentioning yeah. it. That's just like, and that brings us to point B.
6: It yeah. does. What else, Robert? So point, so, point being, don't do that. Any of you, just don't. Um, Jason, are you okay? <laughs> you muted. Go ahead, Robert. Just keep going. Okay. All right, I'll be quick. I wish this thing had leaned more into the body horror, honestly. Like, I'd much rather there have been more stuff that was scary because Shyamalan's way of drawing this whole thing out was to try and shoehorn horror elements into it, which is not the worst idea in the world given the premise, but you also cut down drastically on the cast, which means it just doesn't it doesn't quite flow. There's a bunch of sequences when I'd rather we stop the trolley and just let the camera sit still and let us be scared of what's happening. But uh, he doesn't, which again I find to be a bit of a missed opportunity.
4: I thought it was having vertigo at one point.
6: You might have. It might have induced something.
7: Maybe the, there was an after effect like
6: they have in the caves. This. It's a shame that is the one that adapted this because the man is too constrained by his own excesses and his own stylistic proclivities. In other hands, this would have been a much better movie. By the same token, in other hands, this would have been a much worse movie. <laughs> So what we get is something that's a little bit fifty-fifty. There's some genuinely moving stuff. I'm completely with you about the scene on the beach or the scene when the poor kid moves his the decaying body of his child and just ashes fall out like that. If that doesn't, if you don't feel something at that, then you've got a, you're more dead inside than I am, as I'm fond of saying.
7: More dead inside than the baby.
6: Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> guys i'm found a sad trombone i'm so happy for you i gave that to him (laughs) she did and uh, and i
7: apologize
6: you know what you were doing (laughs) (laughs) you get to plead no ignorance in this that was (laughs) you knew what you did um it's, there's moments when you get that. Unfortunately, the desi- I don't know if the desire for this ending was a studio note or not. If it was, shame on the studio executives. If it wasn't, shame on Shyamalan. If it was a compromise between the two, shame on the both of you. I don't really care. You created a tonally dissonant ending that, made as- that might as well have just screamed, this is for the stupid American audience. I... Uh, I genuinely wonder if there's not another ending that like was shot and filmed and just wasn't used because it, it feels that weird. Uh, I suppose neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, the cinematography is weird. The dialogue. God, there's so many point, pieces of dialogue, especially in the first act, like everything before they get to the beach is bad dialogue, man. It's just bad. It's so bad. Was I the
7: only one that cringed during the fight between the married couple? No.
6: That was yeah. such a bad fight. <laughs> like that's I wanted to I wanted to throw something that says the- people don't talk like this.
4: There were so Robert, I don't know how much of TNA Impact you've watched over the years, but there were parts of this movie where, including the fight um but there were definitely more especially as things start to unravel on the beach that reminded me of one of the backstage promos at impact where everyone was talking over each other and you couldn't hear a word anyone was saying it's like the worst podcast you've ever heard and that's a lot of
6: this movie i the sad thing is that could be used to good effect and i think there's a couple of scenes when it is unfortunately it just it's way too it's just too up and down it's too uneven The man needs a dialogue coach in the worst way, and the ending is just weird. It's Again, like I said, it's unfortunate this was Shyamalan because he's talented enough to touch on a bunch of different themes and motifs that will resonate, but he's not talented enough to actually explore them with anything approximating nuance, understanding, or thoughtfulness.
4: Hey, I want to get to Jason's thing about the um, about the pharmacy and then we got to start to wrap. So do you have any other things that weren't covered already that you wanted to complain about about this movie or praise?
6: Uh- and no, no, I think that's kind of the acting is mostly good. There's talented people there. They're just directed poorly. So you know, what are you going to do?
7: That's something you notice a lot with Shyamalan films. I mean, I always point out in The Happening, you have Mark Wahlberg, who I think we can all agree is a phenomenal actor. Oh, God. No, I, I, I do no. Not I'm not.
6: I will leave it at that. I do not agree.
7: OK, well, he's done some. OK. He has given some really great performances and he is an Oscar-nominated actor, but then you have him in The Happening Giving one of the absolute worst performances of all time.
6: Well, Jason does the Kermit the Frog t sip. That's none of my business.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Jason, talk to me about... um, You had some ethical considerations regarding the pharmacy and the trials and all of that that you wanted to talk about. So, here's your moment, buddy.
8: Yeah, and 50 words are left before I fall asleep. Um, I, I... I don't think it was unethical at all. I mean, is it questionable? Yeah. I mean, but the sacrifice of one for the benefit of millions, uh, I think is fine. I mean, we uh, people subject themselves to clinical trials, um, not knowing what the hell's going on. You're, acknowledge-
4: you're acknowledging the one problem with that entire argument is none of them had informed consent. You're saying that with the addition of a conformed consent, then the rest of it's fine, I'm, I'm guessing.
8: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the only only issue I have is they didn't know that they was signing up for a clinical trial, uh, per se. So, I mean, you didn't get consent, but it's kind of, do, do you really take that um, thing? And, uh, this is what I got out of it, and I'm pretty sure that I'll probably die on this hill alone but it was it was just you know like the moving moment if they had not been on that island their divorce was their their divorce was imminent their lives would have fell apart she would have went through life suffering and everybody that she loved would have watched her suffer for many years this way it was basically tackled she got to spend the last fleeting moments With her, with the love, surrounded by her loved ones, when they actually, like you pointed out earlier, Mark, when they reflect on what, why were we even mad? Uh, And it goes back to something that I live by, is basically my mantra: is in a hundred years, none of this will matter. So, and that's kind of that's what I got from this movie because, you know, the benefits of their sacrifice helps millions if not more. Uh, it's for the greater so, good. The let me jump in here
4: and ask you, uh, Jason, let me let me ask you a very direct question. Do you think the movie is speaking to the concept of euthanasia in your opinion, and it's, you know, in support of it, or or, uh, or is against it?
8: Not so much. I mean, I didn't get the, the euthanasia-like vibe really much, too much, uh, but, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think it would have been a I think it was justifiable. The the ends, the means justify the ends. Um, so you're making strides in medical research in such a short amount of time to fast track cures for diseases that we never thought could be cured. Or right. and it's
4: important to say they were going to give those cures away. This was not a for that end of it was not a for profit venture.
8: Yeah, I mean maybe. I mean, but. If you think about it, it reflects everything that we believe in today. Big farm runs everything. Mm-hmm. Um, in one way, I mean, when you go to a hospital and you pay $800 for a Band-Aid, you know, medical bills are, but this, this basically does a greater good. So it's a sacrifice for the greater good. And that's ethically, I'm okay with it.
7: I would agree with you, Jason, except for one thing. Not only the they don't have consent, but the fact that they also brought people with them onto that beach, who were not being tested. You had the uh, the grandma or the, the mother in law. You had the kids. You had the dog. The, these were people that were not being tested. They were co- literally collateral
8: damage. You have a choice. Not everybody at that resort went to that beach, correct?
6: Yeah, they steered the people. They actually addressed this. They the only people they, they offered that to were were people with uh with those conditions.
8: Okay, where did the where did the young lady come from?
6: What young at lady? The
8: the, at the beginning,
4: the, the the one that's guys. there with midsize sedan. Yeah, that's yeah, he had, like he with
6: her. Yeah, the, they both yeah. had something in that case. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> taught, he, he, he he, talk, he talks about it. He and They bonded over the fact that they both have these chronic kindred... Uh, I thought it was cancer MS. Cancer. I thought
4: they explicitly said they yeah, both had, had MS.
6: No, no, no. She had uh, MS. Oh, he that. had a blood clotting issue. Okay. Yeah. Th- no, that's explicitly stated.
7: I have okay. to admit, I never understood that scene because it just randomly cuts. She gets naked and starts swimming. He's sitting there the whole time, but they never actually say, like, wait, so he's been there this whole time, but he hasn't aged that much? I mean, he Black clearly
6: was... Rex they actually make that joke in the movie yep said by a black
4: character
5: (laughs) yeah
6: so let's just uh, real
4: quick in the interest of time and we can't spend too much longer on this i think jason jason raises some interesting philosophical points you know about the idea of um i I, we're all in agreement that that the movie handles it in a malevolent way in that nobody is told what this is no one it's none of it's explained. And as Alexis pointed out, there are innocents who are being harmed by it. But uh, taking a step back and, you know, and positing uh, sort of reframing this argument. What if you knew? What if you were given the option of uh, sacrificing yourself for uh, worthwhile cures and whatnot? Is it then this is why I brought up the euthanasia argument, Robert, you know is there is there an ethical argument to be made for i will go ahead and die to possibly create a cure for debilitating diseases that kill millions a year there's really not a question in there i just want you to respond
6: well you're not part of the problem is that we're not actually talking about euthanasia in the traditional sense in this in this instance, given the scenario that you've posited, we're talking about informed suicide, not euthanasia.
4: Yeah, it feels like six of one, half a dozen of the other. But no, no, I, I no, don't. You... I don't want to get into okay, into okay. the finer points of the differences.
7: Say so if we do that, we're never getting off this show.
6: The difference is euthanasia. I'll get off. Can... <laughs> <laughs> the, the difference like, is euthanasia. Can can be, the difference is euthanasia is, in some cases, by definition, non-consensual. Suicide is a choice you make, to the degree that you want to. choose You want to differentiate intent in this certain, in the scenario. To the extent that there's consent to it, I mean. I have somewhat conflicting stances on this in some respects given my again that my religious perspective on this that kind of butts up against my my purely utilitarian practicality that goes on in my brain if you want to die in that go and let whatever and in the name of that then logically i don't care what you do with your life for the most part
4: You know, I was told I wasn't going to live past 45 um, early on when I first got diagnosed with cancer back in 2017. And had somebody said to me at the time, you're not going to live past 45. We can't cure this. And even if you even if we make the tumors go away, they'll be back and you'll be dead, which is kind of what happened. But that's a story for another day. Um, If somebody had said to me at that time or. You know since you're not going to make it past 45 anyway why don't you sign up for this program and you'll be helping the greater good i might have actually done it you know
6: i would not funny cycle funny uh, this is kind of a group psychology or a a human psychology discussion every god i hate referencing this because
4: is it the last day i no
6: Because it's a because it's a point of reference that is overused, and I forget the name of the specific. Oh, th- this relates to that, um, the famous Stanford study, the you know how many people would shock someone until they died. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And believe it or not, there were there were multiple iterations of this particular test, and what they found, what everyone seemed to assume that if you if you're follow if you're just following orders, following orders you will, people will justify anything and go through with it. That's not actually the case. If all you had was someone in authority telling them, keep pushing the button, keep pushing the button, keep pushing the button, they stopped well before they killed anyone most of the time. If you had someone in authority telling them we're gathering valuable data with this, this is going to save lives. If you put it in someone's head that what you're doing is for the greater good, greater good,
4: (laughs) The greater good.
6: The
7: greater yes. Please get that audio clip.
4: Yeah, give me, that <laughs> one. Hey, give me take take a take a breath, Jason. Um, I know you got to go. I got I got work in the morning too. But you were you were about to check out. So just like ten seconds, plug your stuff, and then you can take off, bud.
8: All right. Uh, just new Twitter name. It's at Teasley T Z L E Y twenty two eight twenty two on Twitter. Uh, you can check me out on the second and short from the Cheap Seats Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, their TikTok page. I'm going to be going live on um, their Instagram. I've, I've been basically adopted into their their family, uh, where you can find me exclusively at, and that's pretty much not, ex- it.
4: not exclusively. You're going to be on G on Snake Eyes uh, next Tuesday,
8: Mark. We talked about this. <laughs> you did not remind me. No, uh, I, I was getting ready to say until uh, uh, till I come back next Tuesday when Mark um, reminded me that I'm doing Snake Eyes, so I have to watch that this weekend. So, sir,
6: I salute you. Thank you for jumping that grenade for me.
8: Yeah, you owe me. You owe me one. One. You owe me one. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's been fun. Uh, I'm. Um, Getting ready for another 12 and a half hour day tomorrow. So, uh, Mark, I will see you uh, reluctantly when we watch Snake Eyes.
4: Sounds like a plan, Stan. All right, Robert, All right. go ahead and wrap up your, your uh, thought there, and then we will start to march this towards the end.
6: Just that human being, I don't know what this is about the human psychology, but this actually is a fairly universal thing. Again, appeals to authority are iffy. You know, just following orders is not really a. it it, it's not the kind of like psychological uh skeleton key that people think it is it really is more the concept of going beyond yourself and that's when things if you again want to get into group psychology and uh, and how humanity works as a whole that's when things get dangerous just the just an authoritative figure telling you to do something, well, no, you're gonna split. You're gonna get a bunch of people with ethical and personal concerns who are gonna draw lines and things go badly. All right. when you're able to kind of flip that switch towards no, this is helping people, this is for something mm-hmm. And you have a person in authority and you have that authority kind of supporting the supporting the case that they're that they're making. That's when things get dangerous and flunky. So again, in your case, if you get to a degree of fatalism and you are then told here your death can mean something that radically that keys into stuff in your brain that is hardwired in a purely biological sense
4: all right folks i think we've all kind of landed this is one of those rare instances where the where i think we all kind of landed where the consensus was because the critical score for this was and we're not going to do the rotten tomatoes bit this is comic strip after all not damn Hollywood. Um, But the critical consensus was 50%, which is rotten. Um, You know, old has no shortage of interesting ideas. Uh, It's uneven execution. Uh, Will intrigue or annoy viewers. I think we landed somewhere between intrigued and annoyed. Depends on which
6: part of the movie you're talking about. It does both. Yeah.
4: (laughs) You know, I'm crying in one moment and throwing my shoe in the next is certainly an experience. The audience score in a rare instance of this happening actually agrees with the critical score there. Uh, it's a 52 percent measured on Rotten Tomatoes. Financially, though, and, and here's and this is the trick in Hollywood, isn't it? You know, until you run out of cachet and uh, and whatnot, if you mo- mo- no matter how much a movie sucks, if it makes money, they'll keep letting you make them. Um, this was made Michael on a few- made a
6: career out of that.
4: Is this movie was made on a shoestring budget of 18 million in a world where the average picture is 200 million, um, and it's currently made uh, as of this recording 30 million, and we're doing this almost a week after it came out. So, you know, um, I, looked, I, well, I mean,
6: it, it won its weekend, right? It ousted Black Widow and Space Jam.
4: Yeah, I believe it did. Um, is that a,
6: really
7: that momentous of an event? I mean, momentous, look, no. But ask the people at Marvel. Who really, really
4: thought Black Widow was going to have legs?
7: Yeah, well, now they can deal with a lawsuit
4: from Scarlett Johansson. That is definitely in the news. Um, I, think the big, I, I think the big, I think the big surprise, at least for some, was, not for you, Robert, but for most people uh, involved in the project, was that Snake Eyes flopped as bad as it did. That might have wow. actually, that wow. might have wow. actually right. killed Paramount's plans for whatever Hasbro connected universe they were going
6: for. If I might quote Nate Diaz, I'm not surprised, motherfucker. <laughs>
4: And that's bingo on Rattling and Broadcasting. Bingo. <laughs> All right. Um, that's that's also the end of our review here for Old. Um, if you're, you're not as critical as we are, you'll probably enjoy it. It's so well. It's an interesting and well-told story with some with some bizarre uh, cinematic choices being made. But it's definitely not the worst thing I've seen this year, not by a long shot. Also, not even <laughs> close. It ain't half good, but it ain't half bad neither. Um, or the other way around. Alexis, go ahead and do your plugs.
7: All right, Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek Alexis, and stop. Oh, for God's sake, Mark!
4: <laughs> I just got home yesterday. Leave me alone. Don't bully me.
5: <laughs> That's
4: my job. Don't be a patriarchal oppressor.
7: Too late. All right, we're getting ready. Right dare you
6: oppress st- the patriarch like that? <laughs> <laughs>
7: Anyway, we are getting ready to uh, head down to Orlando. We're going to be working uh, MechaCon down there. Uh, Mark, I will be seeing you and your family at the show.
4: Thursday, that's when we're heading down there. All right.
7: Prepare to pay handsomely for your daughter's jewelry.
4: Let's give my daughter free shit so she can model it on Instagram.
6: How many followers does she have? Not enough. <laughs> you don't know that. That's a legitimate question, Mark. She doesn't no. have an Instagram. It's mine. how many followers do you have not enough (laughs) then then alexis's response is correct the answer is not enough
7: exactly yeah sorry i don't uh i don't give free shit to influencers
4: okay (laughs) but can i can i posit that you could take advantage of child labor no (laughs) i've
7: tried that it's called dealing with my sister Moving on. Yes. So after Orlando, we will be appearing at Planet Comic Con here in Kansas City. And then I will be turning right around and heading to the Colorado Springs Comic-Con because I had completely forgotten That'll that I bought a table for that before the world ended back in 2019. Yeah,
4: where are you with like, just making up for 2020 at this point? Have, is it? Are you still all working through that list?
7: The problem is that A, a lot of conventions have decided now that vaccines are becoming more prevalent, Fingers crossed that we don't have to deal with a second lockdown because assholes are not vaccinating themselves. You know who you are. Uh, A lot of conventions are trying to get in under the wire for 2021. We've lost the first half of the year with dealing with people getting vaccinated and finding out if this was going to work. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's going, okay, now we can get an event in. The other problem is that we've had several shows that I'm just going to say it have decided to screw me over uh that we have one show in particular i will not name names i'm not gonna say names but they held a virtual event in 2020 and when i asked well am i gonna get a rollover from my table in 2020 they said oh you had the option to be on the virtual event you didn't take it so we don't owe you anything <laughs> i gave them the world's biggest middle finger and said oh i guess i'm not going to your show anymore thanks for that
4: hope it's not the burlesque show that you went to
7: no years ago. no it's not the nerd-lesque show. <laughs> Um, I
4: need I, more pictures from that event.
7: I am not allowed to take pictures at that event.
4: Just buy a ticket, Mark. Jeez. If I, if I can't buy a ticket to go see Sabaton in Utah and, and Judas Priest with you, I'm not buying a ticket to go to Nerdless, wherever the hell this is. Um, Kansas City.
7: Yeah, yeah, sorry. You will just have to deal with me describing the girl who did the striptease to, uh, dressed as Dr. Zoidberg to Rock Lobster
4: every time you okay. say it. <laughs> this exists is, that <laughs> it might it be the best thing <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm no, trying to tell you
7: no um they film it and film parts of it uh but they do not allow people to have recording equipment in the performance area about these are it? these are women who are getting near naked okay it's a burlesque show
4: can you sketch it
7: I'm a decent artist, but I'm not that fast. If I could sketch something that decently, I would have been found or found work as a freaking police sketch artist or something by now. But at this rate, if they hired me, no one would ever get caught. (laughs) So, but yes, so. uh, Make a con in Orlando, Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, Colorado Springs Comic Con. After which, I will have a few weeks rest, and then I'll be heading to the Cincinnati Comic Expo. That's one of our favorite shows. Really happy to be going back to that. In the meantime, our shops are fully stocked on Etsy and handmade at Amazon. Uh, For the record, while I'm doing this back-to-back clusterfuck, custom orders are officially uh, disbanded. Just on the grounds that I will not have enough time to uh, do any free designs or anything on this. Of course, we are also selling our stuff through Level 1. In the river, in the Kansas City River Market, and Mind Games and Magic in uh, Lee Summit, Missouri. Uh, we're dealing with some other shops. We really want to start pushing more of our merchandise through these uh, other air- shops, uh, not only through the Kansas City area, but through Kansas and Missouri, and expanding. This is really where I want the company to go th- uh, head towards. So, I'll let you guys know how things work there. But yes, again, uh, shops on Etsy and handmade at Amazon. And you can always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Honeysuckle Rose Creations, intersection of geek and chic.
4: Speaking of Amazon, we have a deal for all you people who like music. Do you like music? I like music. Well, you can get a free thirty days of music. Like, I really like our... the
6: aforementioned Sabaton and Judas Priest.
4: I really do. I look, I legit asked my wife for permission to fly to Utah to go see Sabaton and Judas Priest with you. And she said, What the fuck is wrong with you? Um <laughs> So no.
6: It, okay, so <laughs> you would be M Night Shyamalan in this case, and your wife is a competent editor.
4: <laughs> Correct um that, that's competent, ed-
6: competent editor or competent script doctor
4: that's cool. that, that's actually how we refer to each other um anyway <laughs> so uh boy if i had a nickel for every time i was called m night Shyamalan, get amazonmusiccom slash w2m network that's uh get slash w2m network for a free 30 days of uh streaming on that service and if you like it, you can keep it, post the thirty days, just pay the monthly fee. If you don't, you cancel it. No fuss, no must, no contracts, no pains in the ass, no nothing. It's a great service. Better than Spotify, better than Apple. And uh, if a- Apple or Spotify would like to sponsor us, I will tell I will tell you that they're better. I'm easily bought. Speaking of easily bought, Robert Winfrey, your plugs.
5: The
6: irony being I'm not nearly as easily bought as you.
5: <laughs>
6: All right. Uh, I host the 411 Grounded Pound MMA podcast on Sundays. It is your weekly look into the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts. This last week, we reviewed UFC on ESPN 27, I believe. It was the much-ballyhooed return of former bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw. In a fight I thought he lost, but two of the cluckies at ringside disagreed with me. So, hey. McGuck. <laughs> i got to yell about judging again and stupid judges and stupid fans and oh god the fans why are they so stupid anyway tell us how you really feel robert look the general the general (laughs) fandom of anything is going to be stupid in no small part because the largest percentage of a fandom of anything is a casual (laughs) fan of said thing does not matter what it is what sport what movie what comic book what anything, if you take the biggest, if you take that fandom and you chop it up, the biggest percentage of that is casual.
4: Like He Man fans. Please continue.
6: He
7: Man fans. No, 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 fans, no, no, MCU no. Okay, no, no For The next hour. Let us no.
4: discuss
6: Kevin Smith and the He Man fiasco. <laughs> Chart number one.
7: Cleo says no.
6: <laughs> I, I do not wish to distress the dog. <laughs>
7: Point How can being, you just something this cute?
4: Put it on a t-shirt, Mindy. We, we promise not to distress your dog. <laughs> Rattle with the the broadcast network.
6: <laughs> uh, point being, I talked about that, so you can find my full review of that. I also previewed this week's event, which, boy, is it not good. <laughs> it is not good. But I previewed it anyway. The first time I can say this, because there's a Bellator event that same day, the Bellator card is, in fact, better than the UFC card. So I have a preview of the UFC event up. You can listen to that again. Same show. Monday, I fell on a grenade and covered WWE Monday Night Raw. You poor bastard. It's not a good show. Because, you know, Charlotte Flair is poochy. Uh, I also covered AEW's Dark Elevation, which was a much better show in no small part because Eddie Kingston was on commentary. AEW, put a belt on Eddie Kingston, you cowards. Wednesday, I reviewed. This was a little bit delayed from when it originally aired, but I have my review of AEW's, not AEW, excuse me, MLW's Battle Riot 3 is up in the Wrestling Zone of 411 Mania.com. So if you want my thoughts on the better Hulk Hogan finally going over and potentially getting set up to win the big one, you can find them there. Uh, Friday, we'll cover WWE SmackDown because what i do on friday nights i guess and thursday you excuse me and friday ufc on espn 28 headlined by uriah hall and sean strickland it's all downhill from there folks (laughs) um all right
4: for the month of august
6: uh tuesday you and i will be reviewing
4: yep hang on uh, let me let me i'll let you get to that yeah there's a way i'm gonna do this from now on after having listened to some of our old shows recently i have had an epiphany um in the not too distant future, we're going to be doing "Damn You, Hollywoods" for Jungle Cruise, Snake Eyes, The Suicide Squad. Um, Alexis and I alone will be doing Free Guy. Um, we'll be skipping a
6: week. I don't know why they're celebrating bad coding. I'm just gonna. <laughs>
4: we're gonna skip a week. Um, because there's no good movies coming out on the 20th, as near as I can tell. But then we'll be back on August 31st to review the new Candyman. So for those of you who tune into the uh, Rattling Broadcasting Network just for the movie, the new movie reviews, that's what we got lined up for the month of August. All right. With that said, I want to thank Jason Teasley, who uh, jumped out of the plane already. Um, I want to thank Robert Winfrey and Alexis Haina for hanging out with me until the plane crashed. I appreciate you. Um, Until the next time, be well, be safe, and behave.